0: Good morning, people of God! Oh, I know, I'm, I'm going to say it's a beautiful day and you're all going to be like, it's too cold, and then it's like, oh, of course Pastor Dave would say that. But it is. It is a beautiful day. Amen? Amen? Amen. So glad you are here to join us in worship this morning. For those of you online, welcome. Glad you could be here as well. We will be receiving Holy Communion today, so hopefully on your way in you received a communion kit. If you did not, Raise your hands, let us know. Or at home, if you have some bread and some wine or grape juice following our time of uh, our sermon time, then you know, you'll be joining us from your homes as well. A lot of announcements this morning. There's a lot of stuff coming up, which is really exciting. So let's get after it. Um, we're hosting our annual Thanksgiving Eve, Eve, Eve service tomorrow night. Uh, it, it just provides for those of you who want to travel. Like for us, we'll be heading to Minnesota because why wouldn't you go somewhere colder? Right? <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> just once, I want them to be having a, 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 like a heat a warming trend. Well, you'll have to talk your
1: folks into moving I know. To, uh, to, <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> You're yeah,
0: right. Uh, but uh, um, so tomorrow night will be a different service, different songs, different sermon, uh, just a special time to give special thanks to our God before this holiday season begins. So, welcome to uh, join us tomorrow night 7 p.m. Sign up in the lobby as uh, we have announced the last couple of weeks for the Advent tea that's coming up. Check that out, all you ladies. Our quilting group, His Gang, is hosting their annual cookie walk on December 8th. So they're asking some people to bake some cookies the week prior to that. Uh, as well, they have some quilts out there for auction and raffle. Um, all of that goes to help get them more uh, batting and more product, whatever, so they can create even more quilts, which is such a blessing for those who are in need. Our annual Christmas Lighthouse Outreach, maybe some of you noticed as you walked in, there's a Christmas tree in the corner with a bunch of empty bags. On those bags, there's a list of, uh, of little opportunities to bring some Christmas joy to some kids who are in need. So if you are so moved to grab one or two or twelve, uh, we have those available for the next couple of weeks. wanted to share there are still appointments available for tomorrow's blood drive. Uh, There's always an opportunity to provide the gift of life through the giving of our blood. So uh, if you are available tomorrow, that's usually from like 1 o'clock until 7-ish. But check out the uh, website for the American Red Cross for that. Finally, I wanted to uh, share that today from noon to 3, if you didn't know about it, we're going to be having our uh, Christmas photos for your family. If you would like to have them, they are free. And uh, we've got some amazing photographers in our church And it'll be in the social hall, in the uh, chaos room, and they're going to have like a back screen. And it's awesome if you missed uh, the Easter photos. These are fun too. You can make Christmas cards out of them if you want, but it's free from noon to 3. There are still some slots available for that as well. Uh, At this time, I would like to bring one of our members, Eric Wells, to come forward to share an announcement he has for us.
2: All right. Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, I'm Eric Wells, and uh, my wife and I, Tracy, we run the Great X Drama Ministry here. And guess what? We are back live in person after two-year hiatus. So that's that's great news. It's great news. Uh, so I'm here to sort of pitch and sort of talk a little bit about the Christmas pageant or play that we're going to do this year with our youth and with some adults helping out on the tech area. So, Kevin, if you want to go ahead and start the PowerPoint. So this year we're doing How to Survive Your Church Christmas Pageant written by my wife as well. It's a wonderful comedy that um, in, has a whole thing about an actual church Christmas pageant that just goes wrong. So we have students who are working on it. They've been working hard every day um, after church service here for the past couple weeks. Um, go ahead and go to the next one. And uh, we have, um, they're memorizing their lines, they're doing their blocking. Uh, we're actually going to make this area here a whole stage for the show. Um, they're working on the props, we have full-on costuming going on, so all these students and kids get a chance to do all these aspects of a production. Um, also, the adults are working hard too, you may not see on the faces there, but they look happy to be helping us out. Uh, truly they are, they're, they're a blessing, they are. So we've got a full-on set going, uh, kids are working really hard. So are the adults, if you want to go to the next one for me, yep. Um, as you can see, they're up here in full costume rehearsing. It, it's just a great time, it really is. Um, And these students get a chance to show their talents and display their faith through acting. So you guys should, if you can, if you have a chance, uh, to come on up and to watch it. It's on December 4th um, at 2.30 p.m. It is 100% free, so you just come on in and just sit down and enjoy and watch it. It's a great um, story about a director who's struggling to find his faith in putting on a church Christmas pageant where all the things, I'm not saying they're true to life, but they're close since we've lived through all of it. Um, doing directing is actually brought to stage to life by our students. So it is a director who uses the help of two angels, who one is really on point and one is sort of not, um, to help tips to get through and how to survive his church Christmas pageant. So again, if you have the time, the opportunity, these kids have not had a chance to perform live in two years, So let's try to fill the house as much as we can for them, just to support them and to show them that, you know, we are back, and it's the Christmas spirit, and it's a wonderful thing to start off the whole Christmas season, the very first weekend of December, December 4th, at 2.30 p.m. here, right here at King of Kings. All right, please don't miss it, as that one says. (laughs) <laughs> um, it's there. Uh, yes, you won't want to miss it, it's a great time the kids are great, some of the actors are so good and it's just so much fun, so thank you guys so much I'm Eric, my wife is Tracy, we're the ones who run it if you have any questions, feel free to let us know we would love to answer them for you thank you guys so much and have a great day thank you
0: and finally I invite uh, Mikhail to come forward, I asked him to give a temple talk this morning on uh, our theme for our sermon today
1: Good morning. Good morning. I'm Mikhail Curl, and I've been a member of King of Kings with my wife Karen, our son Joseph, and our daughter Anna since about 2010. It's very nice to be with you today. My family and I have not yet returned to in-person worship. I have gotten very comfortable clicking in at 9.30, doing my dishes while I watch, It's been a wonderful little experiment, but that's not the reason why we haven't returned. My wife, Karen, as many of you know, runs a not-for-profit that helps the elderly and disabled to remain in their homes independently. And so as a courtesy to not wanting to bring COVID to them, we're staying away and our hopes are that uh, get through this flu season, the last few strains of COVID and we can return. As Pastor Dave said, I am here because he asked me to share a story with you about hope. Specifically, a time where hope has been important to me, how God led me through that hope, and what King of Kings means to me. I think we all know what hope is. That optimism, that belief, that trust that things can and will be better. Personally, I like the definition of hope that Wikipedia gives. Hope is an optimistic state of mind that is based on an expectation of positive outcomes with respect to events and circumstances in one's life or the world at large. For me, hope is the oxygen needed for life. Faith is the lifeblood that surges through our bodies and love is the sustenance that keeps us alive. But without hope, we cannot breathe, we start to suffocate, and we can't move. Former President Barack Obama spoke of the audacity of hope, saying hope is that thing inside us that insists, despite all evidence to the contrary, that something better awaits us. If we have the courage to reach out, to fight, and to work for it. It is therefore no surprise then that without hope, we feel dead inside. To feel hopeless is deep, deep despair and depression where we have trouble getting out of bed, brushing our teeth, taking a shower, feeding ourselves, speaking. It is my sincere wish that you have not felt this way or suffered from such debilitating depression. Perhaps you have felt deep disappointment or loss at times in your life, but you've been fortunate not to have fallen into despair. If so, thank God. Yet I think we can all relate to experiencing difficult times. Regrettably, it is part Of the human condition. I could speak to you for hours, probably days, no more likely weeks, on the cruelty of suffering. My frustration with why bad things happen to good people torments me. But unlike Job from our Hebrew Scriptures, I am not satisfied with the declaration given there Who are you to question God, the maker of the universe? I am still questioning. And I am someone who will ask such questions until I have no more breath left in my body. And who really, really wants answers, whether in this life or the next. Does this make me a bad Christian? Hear this. I believe Scripture. I have complete confidence that love is stronger than hate, that good will defeat evil. I have no doubt that things are possible through and with God. One of my favorite Scriptures is Romans chapter 8 where the Apostle Paul wrote, I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. And who asserted, We know that all things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to His purpose. Friends, where I struggle is the here and now. My difficulty is with humanity. Are we going to kill our planet? Are we going to continue to live with poverty, oppression, racism, and war? Why do we struggle so hard to learn from the past to not repeat the same silly mistakes? The voting rights bill was passed in 1965 and we're pulling it back. Yes, 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 we've made progress. However, you have to be able to ignore the facts or to really drink the Kool Aid to argue that injustice doesn't exist. On May 25th, 2020, George Floyd was killed in Minneapolis during an arrest. For over nine minutes, a police officer had his knee pressed against his neck while he laid face down, handcuffed, on the street, while three other police officers did nothing to assist Mr. Floyd. Not when he said repeatedly that he couldn't breathe. Not when he even cried out for his mama to help him. Not when he lost consciousness. Not when bystanders who had stopped at that time to ask, What the F are you doing? You're going to kill this man. As I watched this video, I screamed. I cried. I was saddened to my core. I felt numb in red-hot anger at the same time. I was appalled at the injustice of what I had viewed and was disgusted with the world in which I was living. You too may have vividly remembered watching this horrific video. I watched it the other day again. Bad move. For me, it brought back a slew of awful memories. Watching TV with friends in Chicago when I was fresh out of graduate school and watching footage of Rodney King getting pummeled to death. Or not to death, but pummeled. Learning of the shooting of Trayvon Martin in Florida by a punk vigilante, followed by the police shootings in Ferguson, Missouri, and on and on and on. But somehow this was different. Why? Perhaps because it was during the COVID isolation, which brought so much fear to all of us. That helpless feeling of something attacking us that we couldn't see, not knowing what we could do, feeling completely hopeless. Certainly I'm sure that this circumstance played a part. But what I think made the George Floyd incident so personal, why it hit me so hard, had me feeling hopeless is because I felt like I was failing my children. Let me explain. I lost my father when I was just two and a half. And as I grew up without a father which I longed for and wished I could have, but knew was impossible, I knew that at one point I could be that father. Further, I realized that if I had the opportunity to bring kids into the world, that I was responsible to leave the world a better place for them than what I had. Isn't that what we all do as parents? For over a decade, I led a small local not-for-profit, the ICRJ, the Interfaith Center for Racial Justice. Every day for over 10 years, my work was to try to lessen bigotry, discrimination, hate, prejudice, and racism. Prior to working for the ICRJ, I had the privilege of leading United Church of Christ congregations as a pastor, trying to share the love, grace, and forgiveness of God. And before that, while I was going to seminary, and before seminary, I was a church-based community organizer trying to give voice and power to the underserved communities. In short, I had spent my entire adult life working hard for justice. After the George Floyd murder, I wondered if my life was meaningless. Was everything I did for naught? Did all of my hard work make no difference? Worse, what could I do now to stop the violence against people of color? I didn't have the resources of the ICRJ to utilize. I didn't have a pulpit to go preach in. And I no longer had a community organization to mobilize. At this time, I was working for Thrivent Financial. Now, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I very much enjoy working as a financial advisor, which I do to this day. But helping folks gain financial clarity protect their loved ones and to prepare for retirement doesn't make a dent in racism. Those whom I had helped to put life insurance in place for, who I had created a financial strategy for, would be taken aback if I said, hey, Mr. Smith, let's go down into the Black Lives Matter march tomorrow. I had trouble sleeping as I asked myself over and over, should I have never left the ICRJ? Had I made a huge mistake in getting into the financial services industry? Would my kids question me as I had questioned my own mother? Why weren't you involved in the Civil Rights Movement? I felt guilty. I felt awful. I felt depressed. I felt hopeless. The great Nelson Mandela said, there were many dark moments when my faith in humanity was sorely tested. But I would not and could not give myself up to despair. That way lays defeat and death. I was giving myself up to despair. Then, I was invited to be part of trying to lead a little group at King of Kings called the Anti-Racism Task Force. Immediately, I was no longer alone. There were others who felt like I did. There were others who were seeking understanding, others who wanted to learn, others who would not, could not sit back and do anything. I found real community. King of Kings has been my church home for years, but in this cathartic undertaking, I felt community in a special, more personal way. I felt listened to, cared for, appreciated, challenged, and energized. Working with Christine Hamm and others to put on the prayer walk, 13 impactful stations meant to raise the consciousness in understanding about the 13th amendment in racial history in america i felt the holy spirit moving my hope was rekindled author and podcaster dr judith rich wrote hope is a match in a dark tunnel a moment of light just enough to reveal the path ahead and ultimately the way out. Has the anti-racism task force stopped brutality? No. Have we reformed our judicial system and corrected the wrongs of unnecessary incarceration? No. Have we dismantled white privilege, improved race relations in Macomb County and changed the culture so that black lives truly matter? No. But are we, in a small, persistent, determined way, working together to build the beloved community? Yes. Yes, we are. So friends, please join us and join me in supporting the King of Kings community so that we can put our faith into action, to make a difference, to build a better tomorrow. Now let me close with a challenge from former President Obama. All of us share this world, but for a brief moment of time. The question is whether we spend the time focused on what pushes us apart or whether we commit ourselves to an effort A sustained effort to find common ground, to focus on the future we seek for our children and our children's children, and to respect the dignity of human beings. Thank you.
0: At this time, I invite you to stand as you are able. Let us pray. Almighty God, thank you for the many ways you share your abundance with us. To know that there is grace when we can't get it right. To know you always love us when we feel unlovable. To know there is always hope, even when it's hard to see beyond today. Be with us, make your presence known this morning. We ask this in your holy and precious name and all of God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. Well, sisters, brothers, dear ones, grace and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to kick off this morning with our Bible reading, and it's very short. Okay, it's one of those that is good for us even to memorize. So I'm just going to read it out loud and then invite you to read it along with me. So it's Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. It's a beauty. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare, not for harm, to give you a future with hope. So repeat this after me in little snippets here. For surely I have plans for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare, not for harm, to give you a future with hope. It's a good one. So we've been on quite a journey these past few weeks, a journey we absolutely must spend more time on, applying more effort in our lives, not only to survive, but in order that we might thrive in this life. By show of hands out there, how many of you desire to not just survive, but thrive? Of course we do. Well, that starts with seeing things differently, with taking a new and different perspective in our lives. We started this journey, like I said a few weeks ago, with the series of God's abundance. When we can look in, around, and through ourselves and see God's grace all over our lives, it changes how we think, how we act, and how we treat one another, amen? When we see grace abundantly, it changes things. When we can look in and around and through ourselves and see how abundantly God truly loves us. It makes it way easier not only to love ourselves, but to think about how can we love our sisters and brothers, amen? So seeing God's abundant love in our lives changes us, which brings us to our time together this morning and seeing another promise that God offers us in abundance, and that is hope. Hope. Love and grace are huge gifts and promises given given to us from God. But I can make the argument that hope is at the heart of the Christian faith, literally at the very core of who we are, who we are called to be. Have you heard it said that we are an Easter people? Yeah? I mean, that makes sense, right? I mean, we celebrate the risen Christ and God's victory over the powers of sin and the grave. We're not the people of Good Friday, where we only center and focus our lives on the death of Jesus. We are Easter people. And if that's true, then what else is life that celebrates resurrection than a life of hope? Hope that death doesn't get the last word. Hope that we are more than just the sum of our parts. Hope that God will bring all things in time to a good end. We hold to hope. And not only that, but hope does things. Hope creates faith in a better future and therefore leads us to, to act, to actually want to do something to make that better future. But it starts with hope. Without hope, it's incredibly hard to, to press ahead, to face the challenges of the day, to do anything but merely get by. But with hope, you can do extraordinary things. You can risk extraordinary ways to get busy living. Because not only is the future open, but it's promised. Now there's a couple of things that I want to be very clear about hope. And I appreciate the definition that Mikhail shared with us today, that hope is an optimistic view, but I think it's way more than that. I think that's often where we get maybe confused with maybe what hope is. Because to me, hope is more than optimism. Hope is more than... Uh, uh, optimism is, is an emotion, right? Hope is not an emotion. It, optimism involves the expectation that, that things are eventually going to get better. Hope is that no matter how things turn out, no matter how bad they may get, Yet God's word and God's promises are still there. That to me is hope. It's more than the feeling of, gosh, I really hope things turn out better. It's really that, you know what, in the end, things are going to be fine. That is hope. Optimism is how you feel about your future. Hope is knowing that God's got you. Hope is found looking beyond with whatever you're going through right now. A terminally ill patient may not be optimistic about the treatment that she's having to go through, but she can still be hopeful, knowing that regardless of the outcome, she's in God's hands. Even when we know that death may happen, you still have hope. There's a hundred preachers from the likes of Joel Osteen and Robert Schuller and all those of uh, uh, televangelists, if you will, that peddle optimism and success as the heart of the Christian faith. Their whole premise is, if you feel good, you're more likely, likely to succeed, which I get. We really like that. We like the self-help book section. I do that with my therapy right now, too, my therapist. We're working on ways that I can feel better, how I can see more good, right? Yes, we like that part, but what happens when things aren't good? When things go wrong, when life isn't great, when we lose a job or a loved one, when we get the diagnosis or or the bills start piling up, our faith and our walk with Jesus doesn't guarantee that we will be successful or healthy or wealthy or any of the things that we may long for. The Christian faith promises life, abundant life, here and now, regardless of what you are going through. Regardless of how you feel, things are going right now in life. Hope stretches far beyond what we're experiencing here and now. That's hope. It doesn't mean that hope exempts us from pain and suffering or disappointment. I'm sorry, but anything else that's promised like that is not what Jesus ever offered He never promised an easy life. But hope does give us what we need to not just survive or endure, but to actually thrive in the midst of our worst moments. Because let's be honest, life is not always great. Some of you may be here today or watching this morning, and you're just in the dumps because of what you're going through, what a loved one is going through. There's no better way to put it than just life might suck. And in the midst of that, you get a promise today that there is hope. You may not feel optimistic about the future, but there's still hope in that future because we are a resurrection people. We are an Easter people. And that, yes, some days we may have to go through Good Friday before we get to an Easter. In fact, we always do. There has to be death before there can be new life. There has to be change before there can be something new. We don't like that part. But in the midst of it, there is hope. The other thing I want to lift up to you about hope is that it can be dangerous. Hope can't be contained or, or managed or defined. Hope creates something new wherever, wherever it is sown. It's hope that fuels change, change in our lives, in our homes, here at church, in our neighborhoods and communities, across the world. Hope changes things. And while at first that might sound like a good thing, we all know all too well that change can be hard because whatever hardships or limitations that we might be going through, at least we know them. Right? It's that old story of uh, the kid that doesn't want to get changed with a poopy diaper. And it's like, yeah, there might be poop in it, but it's mine, and I want it. Right? And that's how we live sometimes. We would rather live knowing what we know than risking what we don't. And hope messes with that. Maybe, maybe that's why our country is struggling so much right now. Some people are daring to hope that life can be better and they're driving things to change while others, the guardians of the status quo, want to keep things to a minimum because, well, if there's too much hope, that can lead to discomfort and to chaos and to change. And gosh darn it, I'm pretty comfortable today. I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, by show of hands up there, how many of you have seen the movie The Hunger Games? Okay, it's probably like 20 years old, I already know, right? Um, but it's a great example where you have President Snow, okay, who is the, uh, the ruler of Pan Am, this whole fictional place where the, the center of this hub is where basically utopia exists. And every district, there's 12 of them around, okay, all produce one thing. So all 12 of those things go to the center where they have everything. Everyone else is kind of in need. Well, the Hunger Games were created so that a representative from each area through killing other people can then experience a taste of hope that life can be better. And the whole premise is just by that one person winning the Hunger Games, people can hope that that might be them someday. And President Snow makes it very clear, a little bit of hope is good, a lot of hope is bad, because it changes things. And the movie unfolds, and actually you start to see people starting to hope, and things change, and it messes everything up. Hope can be dangerous. It changes how we act, how we speak with others, how we speak to others, how we see our lives. But at the same time, hope is that solid anchor that we can hold on to amidst all the changes. Hope is the promise that no matter what happens in your life, God has your back. Amen? Welcome to hope. Hope is knowing that we can dare to get busy living and loving and bringing new life into this world because God has our back. That in the end, we are still taken care of, so why not? Why not reach out? Why not try? Why not risk something new? God's abundant hope is the constant we can return to when things are great, when they're not so great, when they're absolutely abysmal. There is always hope. Again, this is where I differ slightly, hope is not a feeling, hope is a promise. Hope is an anchor that regardless of how you feel life is going, you can always come back to and know that God is in your corner. That to me is the promise of hope and you, my sisters and brothers, you have that in abundance. So let's get real. As you came in this morning, you received a uh, little card, as we have done the last couple of weeks. Grab that little note card out. Grab a pencil or a pen, whatever you have. If you're at home, you can grab a piece of paper, or you can talk to your neighbor if you want. I won't have you talk here, just to keep all you introverts, you know, still safe. (laughs) Every once in a while, I'm considerate, yeah. Uh, You're not going to put your names on this, keep them anonymous, okay? But I want you to answer a few questions. I'm doing this not only to get you to start thinking of where you are or have experienced hope in your life, but to also, we're going to put it up on the wall, in the entryway on that uh, uh, yarn uh, frame, so that we can see each other's hope. To help us open our eyes to where hope is outside of our eyesight. Okay? So I want you to answer one of these three questions. You can just answer one or all three if you're really ambitious, but just one. uh, What does having hope mean to me? Or two, when has having hope made a difference in my life? Or three, where do I see hope today? Take a few minutes right now, write an answer to one of those three. And again, just like the last couple of weeks, if you're having a hard time thinking of where you're seeing hope, that's a sign that we're not looking for it lately. Same thing with grace and with love the last couple of weeks. If we're having a hard time writing them down, we've not been looking for grace and love and hope around us because there is always hope. I feel like I can't stress enough this morning, that regardless of where you're at in your life, how things are going, if they're going really well, or they've been absolutely tough, that there is always hope. Even if we feel hopeless, <laughs> it's still there. Even if we've done really bad things, there's still hope. Because our God doesn't give up on us even when we give up on our God. Our God is true to God's promises whether we are with ours or not. And so there is always hope. Hope that in the end, God brings all good things. so here's the homework be on the lookout for hope this week practice it every day remind yourself every morning that the hope that you have in Jesus and God's love is not in vain hold to that hope that no matter what happens the amazing strength and power of God is in you, with you, for you all around you and then give some thought to those people in your life who, who might need some hope as well not just optimism but hope so that you might be on the lookout for the opportunity to be that agent of hope for someone else, that you might bless someone else. And if you're struggling seeing the hope, call a friend. Ask for encouragement. Still try to give some hope to someone else, because you might find in creating it, you discover it. By sharing it, you find it that you have it. Last thing I want to wrap up with here, uh, another great reminder of how you are a part of hope through King of Kings. When you financially support our church, you are giving hope because it keeps us running, right? It keeps our ministries going. So you are giving hope to those who join us on a Sunday, whether here in person or watching online, whether live or throughout the week. People who need to hear that they are loved and forgiven, that there is hope. You're giving hope through all the ministries and all the nonprofits that we create and support, for the children who learn about God in our Sunday school, the immigrant families that we support through Samaritas, the battered women who flee to Abigail's women's shelter, the homeless who receive the gift of warmth through the socks that we just collected, through the blessing bags that we've handed out, through the kids who are going to receive some Christmas joy because we're filling those bags with toys. And so many more ways. People who benefit from getting a quilt when they may need to be covered. The inner city kids who get to go to camp. And hear that they are so much more than their reality. The food that we recently packed so that people won't go hungry, whether in our nation or in others. All of this hope is something that you have helped and continue to help provide through supporting our family of faith. Dear ones, may you hear today that the abundance of hope, grace, and love of God are yours. They are gifts that are given to you each and every day. May you not only start to see yourself as a forgiven child of God, worthy of grace and a second chance, but may you also want to share that gift with someone else, whether they deserve it or not. May you not only start to see how much truly God God truly loves you, how beautiful you truly are in God's eyes, but may you want to share that with someone else who constantly thinks that they are ugly or not loved. May you not only see God's abundant gift of hope in your life and trust that no matter what, God has got your back, but may you also dare to look for ways to give hope to others. Because we're all in desperate need of some every day, aren't we? Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Let's pray. Only Father, we can't thank you enough today. Even if it's hard for us to find ways to give thanks. Because even in the midst of our hardest times, you are with us. And because of that, today, we can still hold to hope. We know that in the midst of all of this, Lord, that you walk with us, that you are for us, that your word comes to us, that you are present in our lives. Lord, we just pray that you make that presence known even more so, especially for those of us struggling today, feeling hopeless, to hear that there is always hope regardless of how we feel. Help us to want to share that with others, especially at this time of thanksgiving. We ask all this in your holy and precious name. Amen. This time I invite you to stand as you are able. May children and heirs of God's promise, we now pray for the church, for the world, and for all who are in need. As has been our practice during this time of prayer, I'm going to invite you to pray what's on your heart. I'll kind of give you a little theme and just pray however you feel called to pray today. So let us pray. Again, Heavenly Father, we can't give thanks to you enough. We just want to take this time to lift up to you all that's on our hearts, the people that we care about, the people we may not even know, but we know they matter to you. So we begin our time of prayer lifting up all of your people throughout this world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all of creation and this gift of nature that you've given us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the nations throughout this world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who are oppressed, enslaved, or for those who are in greatest need, especially for the need of healing today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift up to you ourselves and whatever's going on in our own personal lives, giving it all to you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift up to you the, the political and social turmoil in our country. Lift up to you the LGBTQ community today as there was another mass shooting last night in Colorado. We pray that all people might feel loved, loved, and cared for, and thought of, and protected. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, as we now pray the prayer he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. I invite you to take out your communion. And again, if it's helpful, kind of push down on the tab to help separate the two. I invite you to take the wafer out first. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, he gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. The body of Christ, given for you. Amen. And again after supper, he took the cup, he gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, and it's shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me, the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you always in God's grace and in God's hope. And all of God's people say, Amen. Finally, thank you for prayerfully giving to King of Kings to help support our ministries in all the ways that we share God's hope in this world. It's just one of the big ways that we respond to that gift of hope this week. Your generosity all, makes, all adds up to making an even greater impact for our world. And finally, may you receive this blessing. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, and until we meet again, May God hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. With that, people of God, may you go
2: in peace and share the good news. Thanks be to God.